Welcome to Tech London, a show featuring interviews with London's top creative entrepreneurs, startups, investors, design agencies, internet marketers, and freelancers that make up the Tech London online community, which mostly lives on the Slack instant messaging platform. We rotate through both hosts and guests for these interviews, so you have the chance to hear from multiple perspectives on London's tech scene. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Tech London. In fact, not another. It's the first Tech London podcast I managed to uh, produce so far in 2023. And we've got loads more coming up after this. You'll be able to listen to Olivia Saboni, who will be talking about impact investing. There's Thor A. Rain, a health activist about how to take care of your team. And also my friend Tracy, who is co-founded the first WordPress membership plugin um, back in I think it was 2008 that's called Wishlist which you might have seen on AppSumo and we'll be talking about uh, being lonely as an entrepreneur but before we get to all those people I've got my mate Richie in the in the studio Richard what are you known for and what would you like to be known for sir <laughs> hi Bernie um, I'm privileged if I'm the first one of this year aren't I um, so what am I known for? I'm known for software development, but what I'm more recently known for um, is software development using no-code technologies. That's what I really wanted to ask you because I don't. I, I only just understand how to, um, you know, navigate WordPress after 15 years of using it. So what on earth is no-code? Because whenever I say no, oh no-code, everyone's like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I really don't. I'm not even trying to be cute and coy. Like, what what does that mean, and how can it help me building stuff in my company? Yeah, I think it's interesting you mentioned WordPress because if you think of WordPress for websites, then think of no code development for software development. Um, it's a, a very similar thing where WordPress came about to make life easier for people to build websites and then has obviously grown into something a bit bigger. And it's the same with a lot of the no-code tools. So my no-code tool of choice is something called Bubble.io. Um, I spent three months sort of evaluating different platforms and that's the one that I sort of settled on as best of breed. But I see that as, like I say, a sort of what WordPress is to web development, then Bubble is to software development and how, how did you find yourself into this path was it is it just as simple as it is quicker faster and easier and sorry if i stole your answer there or <laughs> is there like how, wh why did you stop doing what you were doing which i imagine was coding and and go down this path yeah so so if i give you a very brief sort of potted history um then many many moons ago so at the age of 14 i had my first commercial software published uh, and i'm now 52 so i've got a lot of development experience which isn't the way most people come into no code um so like I say i went through that whole sort of traditional development cycle and then going off at a slight tangent in 2019 my family and i went for a year-long sort of round-the-world trip. Um, during that is when COVID happened, and I happened to be in Vietnam when that happened, um, and a lot of our income sort of was killed overnight. So I had to look at 
other ways of generating income that I could obviously do remotely working from Vietnam. Um, like I say, I'd spent three months evaluating different things anyway, because I thought there's got to be a better way of developing software in this day and age. I've been doing it 30 plus years and you still found that if someone came to you with a problem, you would still have to build the same things. So a login system, an admin system, all these kinds of things. And you're just reinventing the wheel every time. And I thought there's got to be a better way. Uh, and no code solved a lot of that. Um, and it's platform as a service as well. So you don't need to spend two days setting up a development environment. You log in, your development environment's there. So there are all these things um, that sort of led me down the no code path. And again, it's interesting being in the industry for so long, then these things have been promised for years and years. Um, and everyone said, oh, we've got this amazing tool and you hardly have to do anything and it just works out of the box. What you find with those tools or in the past was that they were either so simple that they were very constrained and they were fine for doing a finite number of developments um, or they were so open that you may as well just build the thing traditionally because it's just as complex, uh, where this seems to be a happy medium where you've got a lot of out-of-the-box sort of functionality, um, but you can also use things like plugins and build things totally bespoke. So so what is it is no code only for specific types of products or is it you know, could, could I build anything from like a you know CRM system for a petrol company to a fintech product to a Shopify yeah. thing I don't know Yeah so so Shouting out things there sorry <laughs> no, no it's okay um so in all the time I've been using this I've come across one project that wasn't possible and that was at the time that was about 18 months ago now um now that actual product is achievable with the the tools i'm using um but again if i look at my sort of client base because i tend to build for external clients all the time um then it's a huge variety it's not just oh i only work in this industry and do software for lots of different things so just off the top of my head then a lot of stuff in health tech, um, the marine industry, the insurance industry, uh, lots of tech for good, which are the sorts of products I really like to build because uh, I like using technology for good, surprisingly. Um, so, yeah, when you look at that, then there's just a huge variety. And like I say, there's nothing I've really come across that you can't build using no-code development rather than traditional. So, so going back to um, the Vietnam bit, because I meant to ask about that earlier, did, did, you, did you get into this because you were on the road with your family and ac accidentally got stuck in Vietnam in a pandemic? <laughs> or was this something you were thinking about anyway to, as an evolution in your, in your consultancy? Um, it massively accelerated it, really. Um, so, yes, it was something I was interested in. And I've always worked on cutting edge technology. Uh, so, like I say, Internet TV before e-commerce existed, um, uh, satellite TV software when sort of Sky first appeared. I've always been at the cutting edge. So I've always been looking at what's coming um, and like investigating those things. And it just so happened that I'd been investigating this and then obviously the pandemic happened and suddenly lots of people from my past 
got in touch with me and said, we need to build something, but we need to build it really quickly. So that sort of dovetailed perfectly with no code. Um, so one example, a pretty big, chunky system I built in about three months single-handedly using no code. Um, that company had previously had something similar built, and it had taken a team of 10 developers two years to produce the same, uh, and it actually didn't have as many features. So I think that's a great example of just how quickly you can build stuff with this. So was it uh, was it your location that did, dictated this, or was it the speed you had to build things? Is it, was it because you got like, a rush of orders and like, how the hell am I going to do all this on my own on my laptop in a cafe in Vietnam? <laughs> yeah. Um, by the pool it, actually because i saw the photos yeah yeah so so it was it was speed but again it, it proved that whole thing because i've always been into sort of co-working and the whole digital nomad thing uh, for want of a better phrase um and proving that i can work from anywhere with a laptop um so so i've done various experiments in the past where i'd, I'd spent a week traveling around scotland camping while building a new product just to prove you can do this thing these days. That was like um, 2015, wasn't it, or 2016? Yeah, I think I that was 2015 I did that. Um, I but again, with Vietnam, then I had my laptop, I had a decent internet. I, I built a small co-working community out there as well because I do think it's massively beneficial and important to still be surrounded by other people and sort of share your knowledge and experiences um, and that worked really well out there too. And one of the strange things was I thought the time difference may be a hindrance because it's sort of seven hours time difference to the UK and all my clients at the time were in the UK. But that actually worked as a positive because we could have a meeting at the end of their day, um, uh, decide what needed to be done. I would then effectively have a full working day before they checked into their office at 9am and magically all their work was done because I'd had a, work, a full day to work on their stuff. So a lot of clients actually loved that. I, I, like, I really like being in a different time zone because people don't interrupt you. Uh, yeah, well, that's the other thing I, I had all morning until just after lunch every day of properly focused time, um, and especially with things like development where – or any creative work, I guess, where you just don't want any interruptions um, and you can just get your head down and get that stuff done. So that's exactly how I sort of planned my days as well. So can, let's, let's dive in a little bit to the, the, the Vietnam trip because, you know, I, I, I know that story of, so you, you set off around the world with your family and it's all like, well, hey, and then, <laughs> and then everything changed. I feel like one of those, and then... <laughs> And then everything changed. There's Phil Richard and his family. Chef Ramsay came. But like, what, what was it like? What was it like being um, uh, on your way around this? You know, take, taking your family on this round the world trip, and you know, no homeschooling and working remotely, and then suddenly the whole world shifts. What, can you? Can you? Yeah, yeah. So, so obviously the first, what was it about seven eight months? Um, uh, everything was normal. So we'd sort of. Again, it's a longer story we probably don't have time for, but we basically sold all our belongings. Uh, literally, pretty much all our belongings were two suitcases and four hand luggages. 
Um, so we left the UK and went to the Czech Republic, then Bali, uh, Bangkok, Koh Samui, New Zealand, and then to Vietnam. Like I say, thankfully, we'd done all that before sort of the pandemic happened, um, which was obviously a very strange time in Vietnam. But the way Vietnam handled it was they just closed the borders instantly when it happened. Um, but because they sort of handled it in that way, then COVID never really got into the country. So we looked at what it was like back in the UK, which was quite surreal um, being there and looking what it was like back here. Um, because we were just living totally free, like relatively normal lives in Vietnam. Uh, and that's how we ended up staying even longer. We looked at sort of what it was like back here and decided to extend that stay. So in the end, we were out of the country for nearly three years before we came back, um, which wasn't bad considering we were only going away for a year. That is, that, it, I, I know that story, but that that, that sounds nuts to you know be displaced displaced like that what was it like coming back uh, in fact what, what i'm most interested in when you, when you arrived back in the uk was it did you just like how, how did your work work day and environment change as you got back was it just carrying on what you were doing no difference or did you have to make changes to how you how you ran your day and business yeah yeah so so it was quite a Big culture shock, obviously, um, uh, and the, the weather was an absolute killer for me because we came back at the sort of Christmas time. So we were used to Vietnam where we genuinely felt, felt cold in their winter when it was sort of 20 degrees um, and we came back to like minus two or something. Um, but then from my sort of work days, then yes, it it obviously shifted, but a lot of the clients are still clients and I'm still doing things for um and then new clients came on board um as well but yes again I've always worked in sort of co-working spaces um I'm very lucky that I have a local co-working space just a couple of miles away so I just went back there um and just carried on doing the same kind of work but just in a different environment what was um the, I don't know how to segue to so we're just going to dive in. Ha, ha, t- tell us about the co-working retreat you do in Spain, which is, like, is it four years you've been doing that? Four, yes, yeah, so I now, think I it? started that in, was it 2017? But obviously there were a couple of years where it didn't happen when I was away. Um, but yeah, the, again, the, the idea with the co-working retreat, like I say, I've always been into co-working, uh, always been into getting out of your normal environment, um, I think there's so many advantages to doing that, even short term. Um, and so me and uh, a couple of other people put together something called the co-working retreat, which was every December uh, between Malaga and Marbella, basically a week of workshops, talks and that kind of thing. And it's it's a great time of year to do it. We're going to do it at the beginning of December each year. Um and the reason we chose that sort of time is you get time to look at, reflect on your previous year. Uh, it's typically a quiet time for most people, unless you're in things like retail. Um, and you can sort of plan your next year as well. So, And the weather's still decent in Spain at that time. So it's nice to get some sun. 
it's, it's all about the sun. What go go back to what you said there. What what what, what have you got out of being in a co-working space? Because it's really it's really hard to explain to people. Because you know, even yeah. after all the time I've been in it, it's like oh, it's all about the community. It's like what does that mean? You know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because a lot of people think, oh, well, you're just renting a desk somewhere. But like you say, you, you're not. You're speaking to other humans. And I think the whole thing about working from home is great. And it's something I have done for years. But as I said with Vietnam, it's really important to have other people to run ideas by, get inspiration from, um uh, try and help and educate so all these things sort of add up and co-working spaces are done right that's exactly what they give you um but as i sort of hopefully proved in vietnam even if you don't have a space it's about getting a group of people together and the way we sort of ran it then we would try and move around different cafes and that kind of stuff in vietnam um uh, but it was still our same group and yes there'd be people that went every single week and then other people that only came to some sessions uh but it was really good and we sort of introduced some focus time uh, as well as the sort of engaging with each other so it, it's a really good way of doing it and especially if you're in these far-flung places um uh, then it, it's a great way to discover other people and make friends and all those kinds of good things it's it's a really good my my two favorite ways to get to know a city are to go to a co-working space and go running um and you kind of i know always that's my that's my kind of prescription for landing somewhere whether it's you know for living there forever or going there for a weekend what's um so tell me about the uh is it no code retreat yeah, I'm going to give it the right thing. <laughs> yeah, it's the MVP retreat. So in a similar sort of vein to the co-working retreat, then uh, with this whole no-code journey I've been on, then, as I say, you can build things very, very quickly. So a lot of people that come to me are building MVPs. Um, so they want to get a product out there quickly, and actually prove that a market exists before they go off and build a roadmap of a six-month development. They actually want to make sure there's an appetite for it, get some customers. And, and again, a lot of people then they feed the feedback from customers into their roadmap. So something I sort of discovered was, well, actually, you can build this stuff really quickly. And I've done hack days where we've built products in a day, the simple products, but we sort of built things and proved that they work. Um, so what I was finding that actually the thing slowing things down is communication. Um, and as great as a lot of online tools are sitting with people face to face out of their normal environment is the fastest way you can actually work. So I just came up with this concept of, well, take people away for a week. So you effectively take a client away for a week and build their MVP in that week they're out of the normal environment so they're not getting disturbed and say oh i've just got to go to this meeting um which slows you down if i would need instant feedback on something they understand the process more you can tweak things on the fly it's a very sort of fluid dynamic way of building which suits no code and speed really well 
That that is in, in our company. Like the, the few times we managed to get together in person, we've done more in more one week than we've done in one month. And and I kind of thinking, I don't know, if this just just my romantic ideal of the world nowadays, but. Now people have now everyone's become more remote working than they ever have done. The idea of getting together is is more somewhere between mainstream and attractive. Did, did you ever remember? Did you ever read that book, um, A Year Without Pants, which was about the guy who works for WordPress? <laughs> no, really famous. The title oh. sounds intriguing. Okay, so, so I, I thought I thought you might know it because he. So what happened is when. When Automatic um, yeah. went from being, they got to like the 70 employee mark. And this was back in like 2012 or something like that. They they just were growing and growing and growing. And they got, I'm not going to look it up because I'll crash my computer or something. But um, it's called A Year Without Pants. And I put a link in the show notes. And it is probably 10 years old, this book now. So what he, he got brought in. Um, he's an IT consultant and worked with like Microsoft and all these people. And he he had to, even though he's very experienced, he started working on the service desk at Automatic and then got put in a team. And then what happened, I don't know if it's still the same there nowadays, but imagine it is. But every six months, um, the remote team would, this is 10 years ago, ladies and gentlemen, mm. would get together and work for a week and they got given a budget. And, you know, say it was like, you know, fifteen thousand dollars you could either spend you could either like live in a tent and blow it all on going snowboarding and drinking <laughs> or you could like live in a five-star hotel and just work together whatever you wanted to do but you had to come up with something at the week at the end of the week and i think throughout the book is that people people were very efficient and that's how they worked then but when they got together they just accelerated development because yeah. they all like sat around the same table and chatting and, you know, they go and get a coffee and end up talking about it then. So they kind of created, you know, arguably what is a, an office environment, but because they, and they treasured being together for, and that works really well for me as well. Being together every day, I just get really bored and start fights. Um, but when I'm with a group of people for a short amount of time, I can focus like a laser beam and my energy. How do you find that? The energy thing, I think, is, is the one I want to get out of here. Yeah, exactly. It's just what you say. It's that focus, momentum, all these amazing things. And people talk about being in flow. Well, when you're hyper-focused on something, then that just happens naturally. And and again, for if I'm building with someone, it's exciting for me to see their product come into life but for them it just blows them away um and they're having that direct input at every point so it's not like i disappear for a week and here's an update they're saying oh actually that dropped down can we do this with it or oh no that should have these options in it where even if you're doing that via slack or email or whatsapp any other comms it's not as good as someone pointing at the screen saying, oh, could you just make that smaller or bigger or those kinds of things. I've, I've worked remotely pretty much for 15 years now. And I it definitely, you know, like it really works for me. I, I like going to a co-working space, but I would hate to go to an office, which might sound a bit weird because it's nearly, <laughs> nearly the same thing. But, um, 
the it is that that's one of the downsides like a lot in in lockdown a lot of people who um you know really good friend of ours is an engineer they build these like these massive um cooling systems for football stadiums and oil rigs and stuff like that and everyone needs to be you know graham found it really hard because they spend a lot of time around a table pouring over plans and prototypes and stuff like mm. that and they just couldn't get their head around doing that on zoom or in miro or something like that so that 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 in-person thing is is really important um what uh so we're coming to the end of our time here richard where's the best place to find you online and find out about no code and cause trouble with you yeah uh, so my website's probably the best place so that's no code ninja.co.uk is that, is that a Wix website or is it? Okay. Surprisingly, it's built on no-code technologies. Um, uh, and I've got some new stuff going on there. There's a weekly blog that's all around the no-code space there anyway, uh, plus some sort of general information. Um, but I'm currently building a little AI widget on there as well, like a ninja bot to answer any other questions. So, yeah, so watch this space for that one too. And is is it where if people wanted to come on the co-working retreat that happens every year, is is that somewhere online or is that on the website or? Um, uh, the best way to again that's coworkingretreat.co.uk. I, I like to keep these domain names simple, um, or of course people can connect with me on LinkedIn as well. And we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes to all of those things. Um, thank you very much, Richard, for your digital nomad no code insight today and <laughs> thank you and ladies and gentlemen if you go into the slack channel we'll post this episode there if you go to techlondon.io that is the one page website which is everything in there but the main activity is in that highly populated slack channel that's been running since 2014 when jonathan set it up when slack was still a thing um and there's channels and conversations there and it's a great way to connect with people founders creators in london all around that little uh old street area there um thanks very much take care be careful out there it is a jungle you've been listening to the tech london show if you're interested in joining the community or even making an appearance on this show make sure you join our slack group over at techlondon.io till next time